almost 50 years ago and not known to man, we stand here today because for Unihill Church, God always had a plan. There was a boy named Nick Reskey who was eight years old when this plan of God's began to unfold. I'm now going to take you on a pathway as there is a story to tell and there are others here who will know it as well. Today we can stand each one with a thankful heart, so let us go to the beginning right from the start. Pastor Clem Ridge and his family made a decision based on a very real God-given vision. It was to open up an apostolic meeting in the Eltham Main Street opposite his retail shop where people could meet. His family made up the whole congregation. Gradually, one by one, numbers were added with great acclamation. We fellowshiped there for several years and watched in awe as the Holy Spirit moved amid much joy and tears. Pastor Alistair Gardner took over and we were again blessed and then John and Pam Eisen arrived from the West. Once more, we were led by a visionary who, no matter the cost, was prepared to honour God in obedience and reach the lost. And in the Greensboro area, John began to look all around because he knew it was time to take new spiritual ground. We had already moved and then moved several times again and again until in John's office, Ken Ralph pointed out on a map some new terrain. The financial price to be paid seemed out of reach, but our gracious God had a lesson to teach. On this precious land in faith we were to sow and then watch the miracle of provision to continue to grow. God was leading us on quite an adventure. Fortunately for us, heaven was the debenture. With God's grace and faithfulness, we moved to a new level, overcoming any obstacles and thwarting the devil. The site was purchased, the building began, and with the vision, John ran and ran. The Greensboro building was finished at last, no more were we transients that became only a memory of the past. In March 1980, it was time for the building's dedication as we applauded God's grace with a great celebration. God's favour was upon the Greensboro house. He was the overseer as the asset growth capitalised year by year. The five-fold ministry was resident, the Spirit's anointing flowed and when the time was ready, there was no debt to be owed. However, there was still much more movement to come because God's plan was not finished. There was still more work to be done. It was time for Pastors David, Kevin Wayne, Steve and Joe to all fulfil their roles with the same vision to see Greensboro grow. While this was all happening, that boy of eight had been on a journey of his own. He had become a man, married, with a family fully grown. He had followed the Lord and all now would be revealed. The promise of God on his life had always been sealed. Then the strangest thing happened one day in a coffee shop. Pastor Nick Risky had made a stop. A single cup of coffee and then God showed up because before he could order yet another cup. God told him he was not about to be left in the lurch because he was calling him to build another church. At Uni Hill this was to be the place and we now know it was all by God's grace. There were many prophecies predicted over Bill's Lane or were that Greensboro would bear much fruit, it was always so plain. We were told to stand firm, we had nothing to fear. The words, as I said, were always so clear. On the 15th July 2012, Pastor Nick Resty came to Greensboro to preach, and from Genesis 37, he began to teach. For me personally, the Dothan experience could go either way. Okay, Lord, I'm ready, as it looks like Nick's here to stay. From good old South Oz to Greensboro, he made the transition in November 2012 to take up the senior pastor position. A mover and shaker with all of his heart, he was moving under that grace that God did impart. The Greensboro building was demolished, the land and houses all sold, things were moving so quickly it was a sight to behold. Soon we were a transient congregation once more. Lord, were there more lessons to learn? Is that what you had in store? No, it wasn't that. Because as we moved four times from place to place, the evidence was so strong, it was always under that covering of God's amazing grace. This time we had quite a substantial provision of money in the bank, and today it is to God we do joyfully thank. Not only blessed with finances, there was a young man from Geelong, an experienced youth pastor who was about to belong. Charles and April joined us as part of the leadership, transferring beautifully, beautifully our youth to equip. 
Nick's mantra of the 145th Psalm was instilled by week by week to raise up the next generation we were always to seek. Nick, you really must take credit for this building today for you have managed it in your own inimitable way. Every brick upon brick scrutinised with your careful eye, not the smallest error by anyone passed you by. You micromanaged every detail built on this land, always being led by God's faithful hand. Although you were that man on a mission, it is obvious that you were certainly under God's imperfect submission. For the last three years, many hats you have worn, the church has prospered because God chose you before you were born. Honestly and justly, holding everyone to account, particularly negotiating as the pressure did mount. Of course our God knew you were the one to take us to today, which is a further stage of the plan for the journey along the future way. After all those years, it has only been three and a bit that this building has been completed where we now all sit. We salute you now, Nick, that you answered the call as you have sacrificed much to give it your all. Today is really just another stone laid by God's hand and his alone. Onto other stones built to his foundation to fulfil his mandate to reach this nation and indeed to the whole planet, the good news to be spread to all those souls who in eternity would otherwise be dead. It is up to this and a future generation that will be all be saved. This, sorry, it is up to this and a future congregation that all will be saved generation after generation. The new foundation is strong, the timing is right, the God in the day is still God of the night. The seeds will be sown and bring forth new fruit in this place. We will still be moving under your grace. Lord, we worship you today with wide-eyed anticipation. It has always been about you since we were formed from creation. Thank you, God, for your faithfulness. You have always gone before, showering us with blessings and grace by the galore. Thank you that we are the seed of Abraham who will continue the promise across this land. Thank you that our names are written on the palm of your hands and that the generations will be multiplied as the grain in the sands. To those who have joined in these three years past, this building is now yours, the vision to cast. So open the windows and fling open the doors and meet the Uni Hill community as the eagle soars. Time doesn't allow me to mention by name each one of you here, nor to those who have gone before over each year. However, God knows exactly who you are and the distance you have travelled and how far. Lord, all together we now we praise you with one voice. To the Lamb of God in him we rejoice. Each one of us, like Paul, are running our race until that day in eternity when we see you face to face. Pastor Clem, you are now with your Saviour and Lord, where you have received your eternal reward. For many crowns I am sure you have cast before his throne. As we look at Uni Hill now, we applaud you in your heavenly home. Thank you, Jesus, you are the rider, faithful and true, who died on the cross and rose again for me and for you. Your sustaining grace has taken us thus far. Just as the Magi followed, you are our bright morning star. Thank you for this amazingly wonderful space. Thank you that over these many years I have witnessed and can attest to your endless grace. About three years ago, I, um, one of the things I was praying for was for a youth pastor, and it's quite a long story how that happened, but I remember sitting with uh, Charles and April, who were from Geelong, and we were in, I think it was in Daganis, and uh, I sold them this incredible vision that we were going to have, and I said, you know, uh, in one year, we will be in our brand new building. And uh, that year turned into three, uh, but it was a good way to uh, get him here. We are so blessed to have such a great, great couple in our church. And I want you to give them a big, big hand this morning as they come and just thank the Lord. I think clearly with age comes the ability to hold your emotions in check because I think I've been weeping the whole service. Um, What Pastor Nick has asked us to do um, is simply vocalise our thankfulness to God. Um, So what we're going to do is purely 
we're just going to share with you what we've been praying in our fasting. And I didn't make no guarantees or hold it together because we haven't been able to hold it together for the last week. So we'll see how we go now. And I see this quiver lip, so we'll cry our way through it together. for the call of God on our lives <laughs> and that we have actually listened and obeyed. Charles came home after a normal shift at the hospital and dropped this bombshell that Nick had approached him, asking Charles to be youth and young, young adults pastor up in Melbourne. This changed our lives. Charles never thought I would agree to moving away from my family, but when I said, yeah, let's do it, he knew God was in it. Sorry, I'm snotting everywhere. <laughs> Moving up here wasn't easy, but making amazing friends up here has made it so much easier. I'm so thankful. Oh, gosh. I'm so thankful to everyone that has been there for us. Our babies, babysitters and loved our whole family. I'm also thankful to... Nick and Meredith for mentoring us over the past three years. We are so grateful. I'm especially grateful to you, Nick, for kicking Charles' butt into gear and making him get to places early, if not on time. These past three years have been a journey that I'm very thankful for. Well done. You know, it's funny, um, you imagine what something would be like and then when God fulfills it and you begin to walk in it, um, it's always different. It's very humbling. Do you know, Nick, when we met in Dagani's, it's funny, the vision was very, very evident. And that when he told me that we... Well, that he would and myself under him would, it would inherit a church of 15 people. I still believe that God was about to use us for something significant. So as I prayed and thought about what I was grateful for, I knew that there were so many things. So I've tried to put it down into uh, six words that I uh, believe that I can say I'm grateful for. And they all start with C. The first one is I'm thankful for God's call. As a 12-year-old, I went to a youth camp and went for a run with some guys. Pastor Nick so happened to be the speaker. As a 12-year-old, I got 10 kilometres lost in the bush. I hitchhiked back, great, looking after me, you know, 12-year-old. Sunburnt, destroyed. That night, we burnt the socks I wore. But I got prophesied over by a man saying that you were going to ministry. You will be an Italian funny preacher. Didn't tell me that emotions also came with that role as well. But I thank God for the call. I, I went into youth ministry at the age of 18, at 19. I was ordained and I felt God give me this scripture for my life. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. And it talks about that God, He says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They're to prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. See, the plans for God's life involved the call that he'd put on my life. But Pastor Nick, you had a lot to do with that call and I wanna, I wanna address you. I thank God for your courage. What they haven't seen and I have inspires me. You are a compassionate man. You love people. You are tenacious. You go after what you know is right. And people sit under your vision because it's not something you say, it's who you are. And I pray that I one day can carry the courage you have. That in see you sit in meetings and fight for what God has given us. And you're an incredible man and I'm honoured to be mentored by you. And thank you for what you do and for what you believe and pray for our community. And I thank you for that. I do thank God for our community. You know, we are people, people. 
When we first moved here, I felt quite isolated, but I don't anymore. I never felt in my life that I would love a place more than Geelong, but, it, but it's here. And it's not because of this area, it's because of the people in it. And I believe that we've connected with the people in it is because God has drawn you here. God has brought you here. What we did, and when I think back on it, I think it's ridiculous. We, we, I, I quit a job by half my pay. I came here and bought a house. I didn't rent one. I bought one, increasing my mortgage by 100000 on faith that God would draw people. I thank God for this community. I thank God for everyone in here. I thank God for your compassion. When I went to New Zealand in 2013, I did not think that God would invoke a fire in my heart for evangelism and compassion for the lost. For the rest of my life, I will remember when 80 people gave nearly $30,000 on a Sunday morning for Hope Tour because of your compassion. I thank God for people of consistency. Do you know many years ago now when we found out that there was a covenant on this land, and that it was not to be for a place of worship. I lay in this field and sulked with Max Tunley because I felt God had purposed us to be here. Thank God for people who consistently like Ben Schultz. Ben didn't walk through these doors. I called him and said, I need your help. Do you know, in the last two and a half years, I think maybe four services he's missed. Every week he puts himself on. Every week he tries to develop people. And I thank God for people of consistency. The Hendries, the Zocolos, there's many others. Thank God for people of consistency. Couldn't think of a name to call you that started with C, so cutie pie. <laughs> uh, and my children. I thank God that you've done the journey with me. You keep my attitude in check. You direct my heart towards my children and towards God and towards others. And I thank God that you were able to do it with me. Thank you. I thank God for what's to come. I believe and I declare right now, Lord God, right now, we thank you for what's to come. Right now, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, those that are lost, those that are hurting in this community, Lord God, it says in your word that if my name be lifted up, I will draw all man unto me. Lord God, we don't build it by strategy. We don't build it by intelligence. But Lord God, we govern it by wisdom, but it grows by your grace and by you calling people to come. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare a season of growth, both in spirit and in truth and in growth in numbers, Lord God. I pray that those will walk in, Lord God, that are hurting and are broken and will be restored and will be released. Those that need connection will be connected with. Those, Lord God, that have fear will be broken. I thank you for what's to come. And this is what we pray in Jesus' name. Fantastic. And now I'm going to call up my cutie pie, and she's going to come up. And <laughs> looks like I'm getting lunch today, which is great, even though we're fasting. So, would you give her a big, big hand and just encourage Meredith as she comes today? Good morning, everybody. So it's Thanksgiving Sunday. It's a it's a time for turning our face to the Lord. Let me read Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes, in human beings who cannot save. You know, um, I heard just recently somebody gave a quote, I can't remember who it was, but they said they believe the reason that many Hollywood stars succumbed to alcohol and drug abuse and terrible, disastrous relationship breakdown was because 
They are human beings and they were not designed to be glorified. They were not designed to be worshipped. And that put me in mind. I thought, you know what, that's right. We're not designed, uh, you, me, we're not designed to be glorified and worshipped. We are designed to worship. We are designed to give thanks to God. And you know what, every single person in this room, whether you worship your creator and saviour or not, you do worship. Everybody worships something, whether you worship the footy, whether you worship your money, whether you worship a Hollywood star, you worship somebody. We were designed to worship. We worship. And this morning, we're going to worship God. Many years ago, I used to uh, work in a production team in a really large church where they had um, cameras. In fact, they used to have three cameras throughout the service, and I used to do vision mixing out. um, Well, we used to do it out the back, but our guys would do it up the back here. And... um, with vision mixing, the person who's doing the vision mixing, they have a control board and, and uh, they get to choose which camera is on the screens for the people to see. And they communicate to the cameras and say, you know, stand by camera one, switching camera one to screen so that camera one knows that they better behave themselves and make sure that their camera is focused properly and they're not, you know, wandering all over the countryside. When I t- thought about this whole thing about... Um, you know, God is to be glorified and we are to glorify God. This uh, whole thing came to me that, you know, what what would have happened one day if the cameraman got sick and tired of uh, not being noticed and decided to swing the camera around on themselves and go, you know, like this, totally distract. I mean, you think about it. You, who, who's a cricket fan here? Well, those of us that are cricket fans, just imagine a T20 game. We're in the last over. There's one ball to be bowled. Uh, and the, the batting team, they either, they either hit a, a boundary and win or they don't. So the last ball's bowled. The uh, batter hits it. The ball flies high in the air. And the crowd go berserk. Somebody's there. They might catch it or it might go over the boundary. If it's caught, the team loses. If it goes over the boundary, they win, Right? But at this point, the cameraman, whom you didn't even know was there, decides, I'm sick and tired of not, you know, getting any credit for this. And he swings the camera around on himself and goes, like this. The crowd go bunter and everybody at home goes, what on earth happened? They don't know what happened because the cameraman decided to draw attention to themselves. Did you know, in this service, we got a handful of chaps up the back there. Ian, Dale, Ben, Mark. You don't even know they're there. But do you know if they stuffed up, you'd know they were there. (laughs) Their job is to make things happen that you don't even notice. And you don't notice them until they stuff up. You know what? As Christians, sometimes, you know, sometimes we get carried away with ourselves. And we think, I'm sick and tired. You know, this is all about God. What about me? You know, thank me. Glory to me. But you know what? Our job is to make sure that thrown up on screen is Jesus Christ, his love, his grace, his power, power for salvation, power for deliverance, power for healing. What is on the screen of your life? What is on the screen of my life? I mean, I don't mind being encouraged. Please encourage me. I don't mind. But it's not about me. It's about Jesus. And if it is about me, then I need a good kick up the south end, you know. It's about Jesus. So this morning, that's the thought I wanted to bring to you. I'm thankful for the, the power of Christ, the salvation. We, we take that so much for granted. I take it for granted in my own life that he has saved me, that, that I'm free. But I want that to be I want that to be on the screen of my life, that when people see me, that they are seeing Christ, that they are seeing the possibility of salvation and redemption and healing and deliverance. So that's the thought for this morning. Bless you. Now you know who keeps me grounded. I try to get some of the attention, but she just beats me around the head and says, it's not about you. 
You know, this morning, I am very humbled and I do so thank the church and for your love and for your support. And, you know, just this week, the incredible people that have helped uh, to see Joy and Mark. And Joy, I think you cleaned every single chair and you came back and vacuumed it. Man alive. Thank you so much. You're, you're just an incredible... You are a joy. You know, I came in yesterday and found uh, Colin Hendry on his knees uh, cleaning tiles. Unbelievable. His wife, Lynn, had been here and she'd been here for a couple of days and just thrilled to be able to do something in the house to, to Jan Graham, another one, just another champion, incredible. Gerth and Julie, Jolly and Julie and John Condorio. <laughs> for your help, for Lauren and April who, uh, they had the responsibility or rather the joy of uh, getting all the decor right. You give these girls a credit card and boy, do they know how to shop. (laughs) And uh, do you know, I had to just put restraints on them, but uh, you need to pray for their husbands, that's all I'm going to (laughs) say. To Blair, who's an unsung hero, where are you Blair? Can you just stand up for me, Blair, and just uh, just want to thank you, mate. I don't know how many jobs you, you seem to get the leftovers, and you did it with such a great attitude, and for that, I'm so thankful, and I want you to give him a big hand again, and to uh, Josh Bean, and Nathan, and Jordan, Paul, Ian Fisher, Kathy, you know, all these, and there's so many I've missed out, I just want to say thank you for your heart and you know I told our musicians and it's you know it's funny when you get on these platforms I don't know why it happens um, you, you think that it's all about trying to get up here and it's not you know I was so thankful the other day that I heard that John who plays our bass here you know he he accidentally misread his um, his roster and said that's okay I'll go help in the kitchen I thought wow Lord, help me to raise more people like that. You know, David Badger, who is one of the singers, ends up in the car park. You know, the day, if the day ever comes that we, we forget that ministry means servanthood, then we've lost the plot. You know, today, I, I thought through, there's so many things that I could thank God about, and I just want to take a few moments to give you my... my heartfelt thanks to God and I want to thank God for his grace thank Robin for those words you sort of just encaptured those thoughts it's hard to comprehend grace it's hard to get your head around it particularly if you've been brought up in a a legalistic home or a place where you have to earn the right to be loved and accepted and when you've, when you've been brought up like that, you battle right through your life trying to work out how to get loved and accepted and forgiven. The biblical term for grace is the unmerited and undeserved favour of God. It's the love and mercy given to us by God because God desires us to have it. Not because of anything we have done to earn it or that we deserve it. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, it says, It's because of God's great love for us that God, who is rich in mercy and grace, made us alive in Christ Jesus even when we lived in sin and did not deserve it. That's what messes with my head. It's easy to be gracious when someone deserves your grace, when they've performed or they've done some incredible thing for you. It's easy. Boy, it's hard to extend grace when they're misbehaving, when they're in rebellion and when they're in sin. I was trying to capture it another way and I did a bit of an acrostic. I don't know if we could, if we could, if it's up there. And I, and I thought, you know, God's grace, and I hope you can see it, to me it's God's relentless affection covers everything. His relentless affection Have you ever had someone's relentless love? I think that's why 
when you meet the person you're going to marry, it, it's like this relentless love. And something changes inside of you because you feel so loved and overwhelmed. I want to show you a picture of my mother when she first met my grandson, River. Her Look at the look on my mum's face. It's my grandson, Little River. I don't know if you can see it, but the way she's holding him, it's like, I'll never let you go. <laughs> doesn't matter what you do, I'll never let you go. That's God's love. Here's another picture of River. Isn't he beautiful? <laughs> and I just thought I'd just show you another one too. Have a look at this one. <laughs> look at those eyes. That's when he was looking at me. When he looks at me with those eyes, he just loves me. And, and I just thought, just one more. Can I just show you one more? <laughs> this is his father. Yes, that's right. You're wondering, how could you produce such a beautiful child? <laughs> I think that's God's grace. God is relentless. He is relentless. He chases us. The thing that gets me all the time is this is, is the Bible says this, it was because of his love, even when we were in sin, he still pursued us. It's something that messes with my head. The first thing is in the area of forgiveness and salvation. You know, at the age of five, uh, my mother got dramatically born again, dramatically. She came from a fairly dark spiritual life where there was witchcraft, there was spiritual darkness over her family and my dad's cousin actually witnessed to her and she gloriously gave her life to Jesus Christ. From that day, she dragged me to church. I'll never forget. It's not something I wanted to do or go. In those days, we, we caught two buses to get to church. And I was like every other kid. We didn't have the, the Sunday programs for kids that we do today. But my mum was very faithful and she was tenacious to getting me to church. At the age of 11, she, I found myself in a tarry meeting. Most of you have heard this story in a tarry meeting where you go just to pray to receive the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, I was really bored and do what most kids do. I was sitting at the front, but our pastor came. He was, a, he was a man beyond his days, his gifting. And he was an apostolic man. He came and he saw that I was laughing with another mate of mine. And, and um, my mate was telling jokes and I was laughing. And he just turned around and caught my eye. And, and I thought, oh, I'm going to be in so much trouble. But he came and he showed me incredible grace. Because he knew it's the love of God that leads us to repentance. You know, right there, if he had had a go at me, I think I would have shut my little heart. But he showed me the grace of God. He began to tell me about the plan God had for me. He began to prophesy. Little did he know that one day the very things that he had prophesied would come to pass. And he prayed for me, and as he left, I just began to weep, and I began to be aware of my sin, even at 11 years old. Don't underestimate your children's spirit pick up the state of their heart. Parents, can I please say this to you? Do not forsake God's house. Do not forsake the house of God. And don't think that they don't pick up the spirit of God. 11 years old and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I thank God that all through my life with all my weaknesses and my failings, my wife could give you a whole list of them. I thank God for his grace. Undeserved. I didn't deserve salvation. You don't deserve salvation. It's the grace of God. I also want to thank God that his grace means goodness and kindness. God is good. He's been so good to me.
It's kind. Sometimes <clears throat> I wasn't going to do this. But you know, we've had to face some difficult circumstances and challenges. And sometimes the pressures and the confusion and the fear that comes, I felt his grace. I've actually felt his grace carry me. I've actually felt God just holding me. When, when I thought I couldn't get through days, darkness would come and thoughts of fear would dominate my mind. I felt his grace undergirding me. Psalm 17 verse 8 says, Because I'm the apple of your eye, you hide me under the shadow of your wings. I have felt that. When I look at this project and this building, sometimes I, I, still, I still don't know how we got here. I thank God for his incredible grace. Today we are here totally because of his grace. And I just want to close with this thought and I just wonder if the singers and the musicians could just come and I want us to sing Great Is Thy Faithfulness. It's not on our program, but this is what God has shown us. This is what now we need to show our community. It's easy to forget the grace that God has bestowed to us. It is so important that we don't forget what this is all about. This is not about a building. This is about a greater opportunity to spread the love of Jesus Christ and his grace. Our attitude must be the same attitude that God has towards us. There are people that are going to walk through these doors that are going to need a second chance. How many of you need, have needed a second chance? There are people that are going to walk through these doors. They're not just going to need a second chance. They're going to need a third chance. They're going to need a fourth chance. They're going to need a fifth chance. Some of them are going to take time to break through the habits. Some of them are going to take time to break through the hardness of the bitterness and the hurts and the pain of life. We must give them time. We must be people of the second, the third, and the fourth, and the fifth chance. We must be people that give them a helping hand to come up higher, just like God did to us. And we must be a people of hope. And if we can keep that heart and that spirit, then God will bless this house, and God will bless your house. Why don't we pray right now? Why don't you close your eyes? And I want you, just for a moment, just to think about the grace of God upon your life. That unmerited favour, that love that goes beyond the depth of your sin, the depth of your weakness. And Holy Spirit, today we thank you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the work of the cross. We thank you that he hung on that cross because of his love, that relentless love, that relentless love that keeps pursuing us even in the hardest of time and in the hardest of our hearts. Father, we pray that this will be a house of miracles, of transformed lives. We dedicate ourselves afresh for your purpose and for your calling today. In Jesus' precious name. Toby, would you lead us? Would you stand to your feet? Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee.
this morning father we praise you we bless you we thank you jesus just be seated just for one moment bronwyn would you come up here i think it was in 2009 there were fires um that whole whittlesea area there and bronwyn's house burnt down and today is a day of victory for her. And, uh, you know, God is a restorer. He rebuilds. And I'm just going to get her just to share just for a few moments. Then I'm going to get you to pray. Because this is going to be a house of restoration. People's lives have, that have been smashed and broken are going to come into this house and we're going to see their lives rebuilt. Just share, just for a few moments, Bronwyn. Yes, um, on the 7th of the 2nd, 2009, our lives were just turned upside down. We were never, we never 
expected or I never saw any of it coming. But um, the fire came. We live in King Lake and the fire came so fast that we had no time to actually get out. And so doing what they tell us never to do, never get in your cars. I was saying to Jordan and Samuel, we're going to lie on the ground. We had a brick floor in our old house and I said, go and get the blankets. We had no power, no water. We had no way of fighting that fire. And I said, what we do is we lie on the ground and when the fire passes, we'll get out. But little did I know, God seems to blind you to some things. We had uh, windows around the front of our home and I'd seen fire across the road. And so I was thinking that was the fire so I wouldn't take my eyes off it and I was saying to the boys quick do this and that and Darren had actually seen our neighbour across the road the fire was behind his home inside so he'd rushed across a blackened um, like it was so black I can't describe it but he'd run across the road to find out what Dave was doing and get out of your house and um, Jordan actually took charge he was 17 at the time Samuel was 11 and they've seen and done things that no children should ever see or have to do. But he took charge and said, Mum, we've got to get out. (laughs) So he was grabbing for the keys and saying, come on, we've got to go. And I'm saying, no, no, we've got to wait for Dad. We'll run him over if we don't see him. You know, wait, 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 wait. We're going to wait in the home. If we had have done that, we wouldn't be standing here today. We ended up, Darren came, he got charged, we got out and I suddenly saw that hellfire, I'll call it, because it was the fire from hell. And I saw our whole house starting to go as we got out. And we drove through the flames and we were probably in those flames for at least half an hour. And we'd gone one way, it got too scary and and too dangerous. So we turned around, then got blocked there, then went back. And you know, God knows exactly (laughs) what's going on. Because Jordan had actually been to a youth camp and he'd received the baptism of the Holy Spirit... And him and I are there in the car just praying in tongues because there was no words. I mean, my prayer that day was, God, help. (laughs) We're going to die. That's what I was saying. And and Darren nearly had to actually knock me out. (laughs) But then once we actually got going, I just, I felt the spirit just rise up within me. And here's Jordan. I'd never heard him pray in tongues. And here he was, praying with me in tongues. We had a stranger that we'd pulled into the car. And I thought, he's going to think we're totally mad. (laughs) But who cares? He's in the safest place possible. That's what I thought. (laughs) So as we went to the top of the hill, it was like, I can only describe it as God had, you know, like when Moses, the waters parted? Well, the fire parted just like those waters and we just went flying through and I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. And I just felt the Lord was with us in that car. I just felt the angels were just lying upon us. And um, we eventually got to the top and there was a light. And I looked over at this paddock and I thought, what is that light? And I believe it was God showing us that it was safe to stop there. So Darren's looking at me going, what do you think? Do we stop? What do we do? (laughs) I go, let's stop. And Darren actually heard an audible voice of God say, stop right here. So we stopped. We couldn't go forward, couldn't go back. We just stopped. And um, I don't know if you all remember, but back then there was four cars that had actually... um, blown up and that happened right in front of us so they were blocking our path and I was thinking we're in a bomb as well there's there's fuel in this car we're in a bomb and we're going to blow up too so Darren told us to just get down put our heads down and 
I remember praying a prayer. I looked back at Samuel and he looked as though he'd been in a swimming pool. He had like water dripping down from the heat. But I can't tell you how hot it was. We had the air conditioner going and I just, I don't know, your brain actually shuts down and you don't feel anything. And I looked back and I saw him there and I remember closing my eyes and I just got this immense peace in my heart. And I remember praying and I never prayed it out loud because I thought I don't want anyone to hear this prayer. But I said, God, if you're going to take us, take us now. Make it quick and don't leave anyone. And that was the prayer I prayed with my family in that car and a stranger. And I thought, you know, I was at peace with it. And I thought, if I go to be with my Saviour now, I'll be absolutely happy. And I remember my mum and dad are sitting there and mum said to me the next day, well, we weren't praying that prayer. (laughs) We didn't want that to happen. (laughs) But, um, you know, God is such a faithful God. Who would have known that seven years later we'd be placed in this family, in this church, and my boys would be loving Jesus and they would be speaking out his word and they would just be fulfilling the call of God on their lives. What would it have been if the Lord had have answered that prayer and we just went as a family? I mean, today we're having a remembrance service up in Kinglake. Um, a lady who's organised it lost two children, a brother. And she and the people of King Lake are just so knitted, knitted together. I mean, I said to the Lord, what's it all about? There's been times that I thought, you know, maybe it would have been easier to have gone. (laughs) And I'm being honest with you. In this seven years, I've, I've actually thought, you know, maybe it would have been easier if you had have taken me. But no, that's not his purpose. I've had many a time where... People from the community have just come and they sat in our kitchen and I've been able to pray with them. They've been able to reach out and know the love of God through our lives. And that's for each of us. I'm so thankful that God has a plan. And it might not be ours, but he has a plan for each of our lives. Will you pray for us now and just pray Mm, the restoration of families? Yes. Why don't we pray together? Mm. Oh, Father, we just thank you that we can just come into your presence. We thank you, Father, that you are for families. Father, that through the fire you restored my family. You brought us together more than anything we could ever, bonds that we could never, ever have imagined. And I just pray right now for families that are broken, those that are not together with their families. I pray, Father, that you will just bind them together. You will bring them back together. You are a restoring God. You restore families. You restore lives. And I just declare right now in the name of Jesus that families and lives would be restored to you first, but then to each other, Father. And we just thank you for this in the mighty name of Jesus. Isn't that fantastic? What a great story. Thank you so much, love. God bless you. So I'm under strict instructions that I've got to hand on to Robin. So I'm going to do that. Give her a big hand as she comes. And then we're going to close. Thanks, Robbie. Beside your husband. I'd just like to say, for all Nick's teasing, I was only 15 when he was born. And it doesn't seem that that long, does it? (laughs) Uh, Before I give this uh, gift to Meredith and Nick, there's one person who put it all together, and that's our amazing events manager. I don't know where she is or coordinator. I don't know what title she's given, but it's got events in it, and she's very, very good at it, and I'd like to thank Jan Graham for doing that at a minute's notice. Thank you, Jan.
This is from the Uni Hill Church to both of you. We just pray that you'll have an amazing time there. And uh, no second honeymoon, so Nick, get that glint out of your eye. <laughs> I want Meredith to enjoy the verdure and relax. And <laughs> Or maybe Meredith's got the glint, I don't know. But anyway, have a great time. And the church so appreciate everything you've done. And I do love you, Nick. <laughs> Fantastic. It's great to have my, my close mate Nicholas here with his lovely wife Nicola and his great son Michael. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to sing Happy Day. Is that all right? Just change the atmosphere. But hey, just say to the person next to you, you are so good looking. I love you. You're part of this family. In a moment, we're going to enjoy some food in the cafe. We are fasting. Next week is Dedication Sunday. Pastor Tim Jack is coming down. We've got some, we're going to introduce you to our eldership, to some of our new staff. There's some surprises happening with Charles and April. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic day. We're going to dedicate families, children, uh, marriages. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic day. We love you. God bless you. Come on, let's give God some praise.